just going through my mind, I just want to give a moment to respond to is just keep thinking about um, love and trust are sometimes different. And I know we have to have trust in order to have more love. Um, but I just feel like one thing, maybe just for some people in this room, is uh, you, you may be working out your trust with him, but it's okay to say, God, I love you and I don't quite understand you. It's okay to say, God, help me in these areas. I don't know if I trust you. I don't, I don't think that's heretical. I think it's honest. A lot of life tells us differently sometimes. And even in this room, I promise you're not alone. And you might say, I don't quite understand. I don't know if I trust him that much. But what I've learned is if I just be honest and say, Lord, I just need help to trust you more. But I love you. Love is a spoken in faith. Love is spoken in, this is where I'm at. I'm just, I'm with you. You're with me. But God, help me trust you more. Help me trust you more. Yeah. So Lord, we uh, and I just ask for any of us in this room where we need that. I ask, Lord, for courage to be honest with you. And I thank you, God. I just, I, I resist the lie that you're going to be angry if we're honest with you about our shortfallings. In Jesus' name, and we just accept your open arm that, that the scripture talks about, the, the right, strong right arm of the Lord. Just, he draws us in because he's strong. And so, Lord, I ask for courage. If there's anyone here, God, that just says, I don't know if I trust him fully. Courage to be honest and to start a journey, Lord, of just those places that need healing and places where you'll show your glory if you'll just say, God, teach me who you are. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, if um, um, we're tonight, uh, as we you might have seen on the Instagram post, it's Nations Night. Super excited about so we had, we had four teams from among our community that went to different parts around the world. And then we also had a number of us that were part of the night training school that also went to South Africa. You're talking to me, Drew? Oh, the, <laughs> he's just doing this. I was like, what's that? I don't know what that is. Um, boom. There you go. Lights. Um, okay. So what, what we did is we asked these, every team once, we just want them to share a little bit of their story. So what do we do? What were some God stories? What was it like for you? That kind of thing. Um, um, I wish we had all night. We only have 10 to 12 minutes per team. So if you're sharing tonight, there's a little screen back there that Drew lovingly set up that will have a timer for you. And it goes from blue. It goes from blue down to red. And when you see red, just say, hey, and that's my life. I'd love to tell you more later. Okay? Because we, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tight night. And worship was a little bit shorter because we want to make space because this is part of worship. It's just what God's doing around the world and what he's doing in our hearts because we're an extension of each other. Okay? Um, so some teams have pictures. Some teams have a picture. Some have a little video. But I just left it up to the teams to decide how they want to just share with us about their trip. Um, and let me say this to Grant was in Dubai for, for nine, eight, nine, nine months, okay? And Aaron was in Egypt for six weeks, okay? So um, these guys aren't sharing tonight. Maybe there's another time later, but if you want to hear some cool God stories, talk to these guys, really. Get coffee with them. I actually have heard some from Aaron. I'm like, it's exciting what God was doing. 
the pictures he has, and just, it's, it's amazing. So if you want to hear some cool stories, knock on this guy's door and hook up with him. So, okay, um, so we're going to start with Paris, right? Come on. So if you're on the Paris team, are you guys all coming up here or just you're sharing? Okay. Come on, Sharika, get up here. That's great. Okay. Uh, why is it just me? For more su- for support. Okay. Okay. That's great. Okay, cool. Are we showing pictures first? Yep, we have I feel pictures. like we need to share pictures first. By the way, Allie Davis took all these If you don't know what this is, this is the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> and Allie <laughs> took all these pictures, so they're yeah. pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Allie, our photographer. The pastries. There's our team. Stephanie, Sharika, Allie, me, Rachel, and Matt. That is, what is that? That's the Westminster Abbey. <laughs> There's two things, they look, some things look similar. Macaroons. Cafe culture, really big in Paris. That's the London team, because we got to go through London, so that's the long-term team in L- London. They're super sweet. And that's the, Par- the long-term Paris team, and then some of the other locals that live there. Beautiful. Yeah. That's the big men when we were in London. That's the sun. It's <laughs> That's in Westminster Abbey. We took that picture illegally because it was during a time that we were not supposed to take pictures and we got in trouble. <laughs> and that's all the pictures. Um, yeah, so... Um, it was six of us, and it was really amazing. I had never left the country before, so that was pretty big for me. Um, and I had never been on a mission trip, um, and so just kind of a lot of big things, changes in my life, just trusting God. Um, I had never fundraised for anything before, um, and just God miraculously brought that um, that money in, and then just getting to spend... Um, what was it, like 10 days? (laughs) Nine days. Um, Just like traveling with people that love Jesus um, and just getting to um, really focus on him and focus on um, what he's doing in Europe um, because I had no idea what God is doing in Europe. Um, And it's really powerful just because a lot of people in Europe, it's kind of like a post-Christian, post-God society and like a lot of them just have faith in the history but then it's just very like almost like postmodern <laughs> and so um a lot of them have like they're very spiritual but um it's really easy to get into conversations about god um but kind of hard to uh bring it to like the one true god and so that was really cool to be able to kind of like learn how to talk about god and talk about um it with people that are spiritual but who um, don't know the one true God. Um, I think also just meeting the, um, there's one girl who the long-term team has, uh, on with them. Um, her name is Jeline and she's really amazing. She's incredible. She's 18, 
and she is gonna study to be an architect, um, which is super cool. She was actually the valedictorian of all of Paris for her high school, <laughs> literally all of Paris. So she's really cool. And we, um, I got the privilege of getting to go and evangelize with her for her first time, um, like evangelizing, because she came to know Jesus like, I think it was like three months ago. Um, and um, she's from the Philippines, moved to Paris four years ago, didn't speak the language, now is fluent in French, and just, yeah, she's she speaks like four languages. Yeah, she's really cool. Um, and so uh, just getting to hear her evangelize to people who literally didn't speak English, so I was just sitting there like, yep. <laughs> um, and just like getting to see um, just her her heart come alive and just be um, so um, in love with Jesus just like from knowing him for three months um, and just being able to share so purely and like share with these people that um, were hungry um, like we would go there was like two people that we went up to and we were like we don't know we just love talking about God would you want to talk about God and they were like yeah and we, were <laughs> and we were like, okay. Um, and uh, we just got into really cool conversations with um, with them just from a simple um, just question. And it was just interesting to see like them talk about how they're like, oh, I believe in science and all that. You know, like God's not really in science. And then because Jalene has a similar story of like coming from like, I believe in science to then seeing God in the science. Um, and so... Yeah, I don't know. I have like five minutes left, but I don't know what else to talk about. <laughs> Anybody have any questions? Well, I'll share a little bit more. So yeah. I felt like what we what we what we were um, thinking was that like our team was like John the Baptist, like preparing the way for the Lord. Um, it's so funny when we go on mission trips, we have this idea of what we're going to do for God, right? <laughs> and it, and we don't realize, wait, God is already doing something. We're just coming and partner with what He's already doing. And so I think this trip was very humbling in the sense of like. Um, we felt, you know, there, there's times when you go on a mission trip and you have this expectation of what you're going to expect to see. And sometimes it's not what you expect to see, but it's what God wants you to either learn or he wants to cultivate in you. Um, and I feel like in this trip, a lot of us was like, we don't see the fruit like we want to see. Like we came to see at least one person give their life to Jesus. And why we're not seeing that? And God just reminded us through our team time and through prayer that like, um, we are sowing seeds. And even if the seeds we wouldn't, like, we don't see it here, um, on this side of eternity, we will see it in eternity. And so that was encouraging, I think, for our team was to realize, like, it's so much bigger than our one moment that we had with this person. And um, I remember the story I think Matt and Rachel shared in our Devo time about it's the parable of the sore, the sore and how was it? This, was it the sore? Was it that one? I can't remember. But anyways, Yes. He's like, yep. But like, you know, just like God was taking us through that passage of like, you know, God is in charge of the increase. We might water, we might help plant, but he is in charge of the increase. And so I think we were encouraged because we were like, we are sea sores. That's what we're doing here in Paris. And God is in charge of the increase. And so we did a lot of that through praying. We went to the parks and we prayed over people. We went, um, um, where else did we go? We went to parks. We went to, oh, sightseeing. We did a lot of sightseeing and in, um, our journey to sightseeing, and we will stop and pray for people and we prayer walked and we, when we were in London we went with the team that was in London and it was the um, uh, the Jubilee for the Queen 
So we so happened to be there doing the Queen's Jubilee, which was really fun. Um, we ended up walking, I think, like 12 miles that day, trying to find, <laughs> trying to find exactly where to see her. And then we ended up in, at a park watching it on the big screen. So yeah, that was great. Um, but anyways, we enjoyed being with the team and cultivating and fostering relationships with them. And they actually was hosting, um, a, a team from, um, Texas. And so there was a lot of leaders at the house that when we arrived in London. So we were able to pray together with people that we didn't even know all for the same cause and purpose to love Jesus and spread the gospel. And so that was very encouraging as well. Um, I would love if Matt and Rachel come up and share just a little bit about the people uh, uh, that you guys met that that um, had a dream about uh, Jesus. Come on, guys. It's important. Okay, these guys are like evangelists. Uh, that story about the, I think the girl that saw Jesus. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can do it. Okay. Uh, yeah. So um, we were we were out doing some like park evangelism the first day, and um, we walked. We were like walking around and stuff, and it's kind of a small park. I guess that doesn't matter though. Uh, what matters is <laughs> we met these two women um, who had like grown up in France, but uh, I think were some kind of Muslim background. Like they definitely weren't atheists um but they were kind of probably like figuring it out like everyone in college um and so they uh yeah we sat down and and it was really fun i mean i think rach had a really good i call it pickup line i guess you could say but just was like hey like can you show us a coffee shop nearby which like worked like a charm every time because we very clearly were not french and so um they, they would we'd talk about like, hey, where's the coffee shop or whatever, and that would, you know, eventually lead to Jesus, which is great. Um, you get we'd ask eventually. for recommendations, trying to be foodies, that type of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, and then, you know, it's like, oh, well, thanks for helping us. We love to pray for people. How can we help you? Uh, a little bait and switch. Um, but, uh, but no, that was, this is a really cool, uh, so we're, we're talking, we're praying, and I don't remember how it came up, but, um, I just heard, like, in the past that, like, you know, sometimes Muslim background uh, friends, like, tend to, like, have dreams of a man in white. So it's like, well, we don't really have anything to lose here and kind of felt the prompting for that. So I asked and one of the women goes like, oh, yeah, actually, when I was 12 and her, like, best friend for life was like, what? <laughs> You've never told me that. <laughs> uh, and and so uh, she's like, yeah, you know, and it was a little different than the dream that I've normally heard because the, the man that she saw sounded almost condemning so i wasn't really sure like do you know what i'm talking about yeah he was a man in white she had a dream of a man in white and he had he had brown hair which i think is different from scripture but the the point of the dream was she's she encountered this man and he said you have two paths to take like which one are you going to take and she was like at this point where she had to decide and so um yeah we uh yeah so we got to talk to her about it we got to share the scripture with her it was super cool kind of got to pray for her and then we asked her friend, like, is there anything we can pray for you about? And she's like, just for, like, I have some pain. And we were like, okay, well, like, where's your pain? And asked if we could, like, lay hands and pray for healing for her. And um, she said she just had, like, a sweet tingling. And the pain went away that she'd been struggling with for, like, weeks. Um, so it was really cool. Just, like, moments of, like, where you're seeing people, like, really encounter God and be like, oh, wait, I've never thought about this before. But, like, this is God's presence. And I'm, like, seeing it. 
like right here. So, um, but yeah, I think what Shree said was great. Like it's just planting seeds. Like the other thing was like we texted them back and we didn't hear from them. So I think like that prayer is just like, yeah, like they got to encounter God and we know that there's me like praying in faith that there's me other people who like love on them and ask to pray for them and that something comes out of that. So, yeah. All right. Uh, Aaron, do you guys want to, what do you want to do here? John? So you guys want to do the video first? Second, what are you thinking? Yeah, video first. Video first. Okay. Hey, if you were on the team, stand up. If you were on the a team. long video too, yeah. So okay. Aaron, Maho, Ike, Jessica. This video was made by our outreach coordinators and translator, Gustavo. <laughs> Mr. Gus, if you want to follow him on Instagram or uh, YouTube. Church was able to partner with Caring Hearts Ministries and just bring the love of Jesus to the city of San Luis. Over the course of the week, we were able to visit several ministries within Caring Hearts. 
We were able to visit a village ministry, a shut-in ministry, the immigrant shelter, um, the boys and girls homes, the soup kitchen, the rehab center, and at each place we went we were fortunate to be able to pray over people and just share our stories and the ways that God has blessed us with everyone that we came into contact with. We were also blessed enough to be able to provide food such as rice and beans or donations of clothes and hats and games and gifts for each person that we met and just try to provide a time of joy and love for each person that we got to spend time with and just really share the love of Jesus with everyone and everything that we came into contact with.
Amen. So Olivia said it well. You got to see basically like almost everything that we did on the trip. We were blessed to get to do a lot of different uh, ministry opportunities they have just ongoing in the city of San Luis. It's right over the border from Yuma. The next time you have an opportunity, you should definitely go. It was amazing. Um, God gives us opportunities there to form long-term relationships with um, just boys and girls that are either orphaned or their parents can't um, take care of them any longer. So you get to really disciple and invest in people and you can even um, provide financial support for them specifically um, through their ministry. So while you're just living your normal life here. And then um, we also obviously got to be a part of a lot of different things happening in the city. And some of the cool things we got to see God do was um, really use some of our gifts and um, stories to connect with people there. So we had different people that um, had different medical skills through their profession that they got to use on the trip. People that um, have had different issues and tragedies in their own family connect that with people who are going through some really hard things. So that was um, an awesome gift God gave us through this trip. And um, there were people who gave their lives to Jesus and people who um, were really encouraged, like we met them right at the time that they needed to have someone just come and uh, speak life into them and share the word with them. So we had an amazing team. God blessed us, answered a lot of prayers, and we're hoping that, um, like like Olivia and Aaron, they've been investing in this ministry for years. So we're just hoping that it's also the beginning of forming some long-term relationships with people down there. So it was awesome. All right. Hey, night school. Whoever's sharing for night school, there's a there's 40 some odd students that went from night school. Um, but a few of you that are here tonight, we're going to share a little bit. Come on, Gabriel, where you at? Where's Gabriel? I think we have some pictures. The language is pronounced Kosa. You have to do a click. Kosa. Thank you. I practiced a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is team two. Sorry. I can also share for team one as well. So we went to South Africa, obviously. So we flew into Cape Town, then drove to Stellenbosch. Keep in mind that a lot of the drivers had to drive stick shift, and so it was quite funny to see our t our team. Yes, on the left side. So we, my group said left side, strong side. Like you know, remember the Titans, just to remember. And then when I came back, I f I felt like I needed to drive on the left side, so it was kind of scary. So we went to Stellenbosch for the first week. Um, we were able to minister to more like a posh area. So it kind of reminded me of California. I can't say if everyone else said that. Um, and then the next week we went to Kalicha. So just a heads up. And then some of us were able to go to the beach. Woohoo! Patrick, what beach was that again? Musenberg, right? Musenberg. So that area down there, low, low, low. Okay. And that's what we did for the moment. And then you guys can share, and I'll share more later. <laughs> Yay. Okay. So yeah, so we had two teams that went. We had so many people. I think there was like 80 some people total with children and all of that. So um, two teams and they overlapped. Um, so we got to do similar things, but reach people in um, totally different ways, which was cool. So the first part of the trip, we were in Stellenbosch, which is um, a Dutch style colony. Um, but it's, it's a really cool community because it has a lot of um, disparity. Is that the right word? 
Okay. I had like been struggling for three months trying to figure out what the word was. Um, and so it was actually in like the New York Times because it has some of the like wealthiest places immediately next to some of like the most poverty stricken places. Um, and so it's this really unique area where you can minister to a lot of people in different ways. So we were in Stellenbosch for the first um, part of the trip. And there we just really got to go out and build relationships, evangelize, um, meet the community. Um, we were partnering with All People's Church out there. And what was really cool is they've been out there for five five-ish years now. And the first two, three years, they just spent building relationships. Um, so before they even built a church, it was about getting to know the community. And so we got to see a lot of those relationships um, come into what we were doing. And so we went out, we prayed over people, we ministered to people, we asked them if they knew the Lord. And um, there were some cool stories about um, one in particular I remember is um, they went out to pray for a woman and she's like, yeah, I, I just felt like two days ago I was supposed to pick up my Bible. And I don't know exactly what to do with it. Um, and so it was a really cool experience for her to like then meet someone and be like, yeah, the Lord wants you to like be with your Bible and like read the word. Um, so that was a really amazing. There was a youth night we got to go to. A few people went out and ministered to like the nightlife. Um, and then at the end of the trip, we got to go to the church. So the All People's Church held their services on Sunday mornings. Um, and it was really cool to see so many different communities. And that was actually like in the township. So like the area of um, like the poverty and all that kind of stuff. And so it was really cool to just be in that environment and be with, with their community and stuff. Yeah, and then, so that was all the first week. Um, the second week, we spent a lot more time in one of the townships. Um, we partnered with this organization called Orchard Africa. Um, and it's a really cool organization. Their mission basically is to empower the local churches to rehabilitate their communities um, by like providing education and resources to the churches to then pour out. Um, so like one of the main ways we participated was helping out with a VBS that week. And so every day for a couple hours a day, we were like with these kids in like three different churches. Um, and yeah, it was really cool. Like um, Orchard Africa, they educate teachers and they, um, you know, provide resources for preschools and educate and provide resources for like sustainable gardens and everything's for the churches to do. And it was just really cool like seeing our leader show up every day to the church. You could tell there was just so much respect between like him and the pastor, which is so cool. Like no one's coming in and just telling anyone how it's supposed to be. It was just like helping serve the church um, to serve their community. So that was really, really cool. Um, yeah, so we just really spent some time, like, ministering to the kids and helping with the gardens and just, like, helping serve that vision. Yeah, um, I wanted to share one specific testimony that came about from the um, time in um, Kailicha, which is with Orchard Africa. We Somebody had asked at one point, like, how meaningful is this VBS for these kids? Um, like, what is this actually doing long-term and eternally? And the pastor was like, you guys are probably one of the few and meaningful interactions they're going to have with adults because um, so many of their parents just aren't around. They've been killed. They aren't in the picture. Um, and it was just like really sad, uh, but at the same time, really humbling. And so there was this point in time where we um, kind of towards the end, we did the gospel presentation. And if for a lot of them, it was their first time actually hearing the gospel and then actually having an, an ability to respond to it too um, with an, like an adult sitting there 
willing to answer their questions. Um, the church is, can only, there's only so many pastors at the church and they can't handle all the kids at once. And so um, we had broken up into small groups and we were sharing and just kind of clarifying what the gospel is with these, with these kids. And I, in my group, I had asked them, you know, is this the first time you've heard the gospel? Like, do you want to give your life to Jesus? And all of them said yes, except this one kid who was sitting next to me. And I looked at him and I was like, do you want to give your life to Jesus? And he's like, I, I already have. And I was like, great. <laughs> so I was like, all right, we're, that's great. So um, we, I was like, okay, so for all the kids who wanted to give their life to Jesus for the first time, I was like, we're going to say a prayer. And like, I led them through the sinner's prayer. And um, there was like, they could understand English, but they didn't say it. And they were kind of self-conscious to say it. So they didn't get the whole like repeat after me part. Um, and so it was just me praying. And then I was like, okay, well, we're going to try that again. Um, and then the kid who was sitting next to me, his name was Cloud, who had already accepted Jesus. He was like, hey, can I actually lead them in the sinner's prayer? And can I lead it like in, in Bosa, which is the, the language that they know? And I was like, thank you. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that, that would be amazing. And so I said it, and then he would translate it into their native language, and then all the students would say it. And it was just really cool to see this student who was like, I want to take part in this. Like, I want to take initiative for my community and, like, lead my friends to Jesus. Um, and he wants to, like, be a missionary when he grows up. He's, like, solid. So it was really cool. Um, but, yeah, it was kind of like... <laughs> it was kind of like what Sharika was saying earlier. Like, it just reminded me, like, God is already doing so much in South Africa. And, you know, it's easy to have this mentality, like, oh, we're going to go, like, do something great for the Lord. And we are, but God's already doing so much there. So it was really cool. Um, for me, uh, I, yeah, I was praying about it earlier. And just thinking back on all the times, this kind of brings back a lot to light. But God really showed up with the love in these kids, like for me too, it was uh, definitely humbling. Uh, as a good friend of mine says, humble pie, like uh, just the gratitude that these people have. And like when I got there, you know, it's for me, like I was like talking to people or praying for people. And I'm like, there's no way that these people could have so much joy and um, just like melted my heart, really those kids. So, um, but yeah, it was just uh, truly humbling and just gratitude. I mean, the, the, the gratefulness and the joy that they have in their hearts, just the people living in these shacks with like, you know, little rooms and just nothing really. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was an experience, something I'll never forget. So, but just being able to pray with folks and um, seeing their faces light up was awesome. So, yeah. That was awesome. You can clap. That's good. Um, yeah, I just shout out to all those that did go. So Valerie, obviously, Patrick, and the Van Bebbers, and others that were are here. But I just I just saw like such a heart of servanthood and and togetherness. And so just to put a perspective on it, there's like so many families in this picture, and then all of a sudden they're bringing their littles, so two year olds, and then under. Um, I have to share a funny story before maybe we can show a little bit more pictures. Um, but Grayson, Grayson Reed was at dinner one time. So that's Adam and Shelly Reed's son, youngest son, decides to stick an olive into his nose during dinner, secret agent Grayson. And all of a sudden they have to do an emergency situation. So they go to the bathroom, Adam and Grayson, and he's like, Lord, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? So just FYI, if you have that situation, plug their nose and then blow through their mouth and they'll pop out. So that's, that's information. You got that? 
Okay. So kid, kid note, if it gets stuck in their nose right here, plug their other nose, blow through their mouth, and it'll pop out. So anyways, so he, so Adam prayed. He's like, dear Lord, please let this olive pop out. And the wind of God blew. <laughs> and the olive popped out. So, so anyways, that was awesome. It was so funny. Um, there's other funny stories too, but we'll sh share if you want to hear that sometime later. If you want to show some more pictures, please. There's my lovely wife and my great team. So yes, she's pregnant. Um, <laughs> she was a rock star, even though like I can see the ups and downs. So uh, move on. <laughs> yeah, so Kailicha, suburbs, like, like not suburbs, but uh, very poverty area. Okay, we, we rode in a van, and so we had to be kind of covert in the van. So if you were in front and you were kind of noticed, like Lily, so American, you can't stay in the front of the car. You had to move again, so just in case, because this place will notice and they'll start, they might do something, right, Patrick? So we had to be careful with that. They love soccer. This guy's name is Precious. He was, he was so good, but I still told him that I was faster than him. Um, the kids, again, if you don't know how to play soccer, try. If you're out there in different countries that love soccer, please try because they love to play. This is a funny picture because right after I held this lamb, I ate lamb. So <laughs> my wife had to point that out. So, all right, move on. <laughs> all right, you keep going, keep going. Pictures, I guess. Yeah, so this is our VBS, pictures of VBS. My team and, of course, the first team was just soaking it all in, just being Jesus to these kids. And it was just, yeah, it was refreshing. Um, let's see. Yeah, okay, move on. Then move on. <laughs> move on. <laughs> all right, yeah. And just what impacted me the most was these little kids. If you, if you ever want to research this, look up Rosa prayer, kids' prayer and just listen to their voices. I mean, I should play it. Like, can you play it? Go ahead. Yeah, so this is what they prayed before they ate. I got rocked right when they started to pray that because I imagined all nations praying to Jesus and saying, thank you for who you are. Thank you for this food. Thank you for what you've given to me. So if you have passion for a certain culture, God has passion for every person and that these kids, he wants them to welcome uh, them to him in his lap and say, I love you and I care about you. And so that rocked me so hard that it still has me at wow, God, because that language, you're going to hear that in heaven. You're going to hear all tongues, tribes, nations, and it's going to be spoken. Jesus is Lord. So. Thanks, man. All right, Spain. Who's who's talking for Spain team? Who was on the Spain team? Stand up if you guys are in Spain team. Boom! Yay! All right. Y'all talking it? 
Come on, bring it. All right, you got to pass the mic. You're supposed to wear the shirt. Oh. I'm wearing the shirt. I don't wear the shirt. Ben doesn't wear shirts. <laughs> Tay top. Hi, everybody. We're the, the Spain crew. Um, so, yeah, we went to Spain and served <laughs> at a hostel um, that was along the Camino de Santiago, which is the way of St. James. And basically, it's this like ancient pilgrimage that people have been going on for hundreds of years. Um, it goes through France and Spain and then ends uh, close to the west coast of Spain. Um, and yeah, it's just, uh, what, how many people go down that? Or, like a year? What's that? Every day? Oh yeah, something like a billion people every year. <laughs> but, yeah. But we stayed at, our, our hostel was awesome. The building was like 400 years old. Um, it was La Fuente del Pellegrino. Um, and it had a fountain in front of it. And on the fountain, it was written in Spanish, um, Soy el Camino y la Verdad y la Vida, which is... Let's go, um, David. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is uh, John 14.6. In English, it says... Um, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. So, yeah, we, uh, the, uh, Jesus is the, the Camino, basically. So, we were just trying to kind of point people that direction. Yeah, and there, uh, right in the beginning, um, there was a day Anna, Danny, and I were like, in the, like, just we were wandering around Santiago, just praying and asking the Lord for just vision for the trip. And it started to rain, and we sat on some random person's patio. Oh, my God, that was so awkward. I forgot about that. We were like, they're going to walk outside. We're just sitting on their front lawn. Okay, but anyways, I felt like the Lord highlighted this scripture, and it's First Peter 4, uh, 7 through 11. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but basically, I'll, I'll highlight a few spots. It was ended up being just like a prof, a prophetic scripture of what our trip was going to, like what it was going to entail, and it was so sweet. Um because we, yeah, we were working a hostel. So the people who were on this pilgrimage would like, literally we would make them dinner and like, um, clean their beds and like, uh, just like make coffee and literally like run a hostel for them. And it's talking about showing deep love. Uh, verse nine says, cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. And then it talks about how he gives us all different spiritual gifts. So we need to use them to serve each other and serve one another. And so if you have the gift of service, use it. If you have the gift of speaking, like speak as God is speaking through you. And if you have the gift of strength, like use every, like all the energy that God has supplied you. And like those things were just like the marks of our trip of loving, hospitality, showing service. And it was super sweet um, that that came in the beginning and got fulfilled throughout the whole trip. Yeah. Ooh. So... To tell our story, we're going to tell the story of one person who we encountered on this trip. To tell that story, you need to know the context. So we're going to zoom out a little bit. Like David said, almost a billion people... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> About 200,000 people a year hike this trail, and that's quite a bit. 
which means in the peak seasons, between 500 to 2,000 people a day walk past our house, which is in the middle of nowhere, and the town's like 70 people. So each day, we're just sitting there. It's only like 15 feet wide, the road, and it's a pinch point, so they have to walk past our house, which means they have to talk to us. <laughs> so like a gauntlet, we're set up, and they, have, they funnel through, and we just pummel them with buen camino which means yeah which means good journey and good way so anyway on this day specifically of the 500 to 2000 people that showed up one of them decided to stay with us well we get 10 a day 10 a day stay with us but this one person this is their story um so i'm going to try to keep this brief but um i just basically, I just feel so like honored to have just been able to hear. Like, I feel like I was just like the uh, messenger, I guess, of this um, lady. Her name is Christine. I don't know. Did we send pictures? Okay. Oh, that's just us. That's us. <laughs> yeah. Well. Okay, yeah, I'll just tell the story, but it'll come up, I think. Um, but basically, I just got to hear um, just like right before she was leaving. So the morning um, after her stay was the first time I really got to like interact with her. But I literally just got to hear how, like Max said, that verse was just like totally fulfilled. Um, and I, th I think looking back, like it was the whole week, but just like in her own words, like she wasn't even quoting the verse, but she basically was. Um, and she had just shared with me like how it was just hard to leave um, because she felt so just like with tears in her eyes, she's just like, thank you guys so much. Like I felt, um, I feel like you guys just are family and um, you opened your home to us and um, she just shared how she didn't realize until like we gave her the words to explain it, but um, that the Holy Spirit had led her to that our hostel and just to us. And she just shared like just through the sweet, like she kind of walked me through um, how she walked up to the house and she saw Colleen and Sam um, sitting on the wall and. She said, she pointed out Colleen first and said how she was just so, um, like sweet and joyful looking and, and she said hi to her and, and then Sam, like as she's about to walk past the house, like, Buen Camino. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but she was just so struck. She's like, who, That's like this kid is so There fun. she is. Yeah. Okay. This is her. Um, she's from Germany. Yeah. No faith she's background. So sweet. Um, but yeah, so she was like, she said she felt something just calling her, pulling her to stay there. And um, yeah, just like, it was just sweet to hear like that it was Sam's quirky, like, Buen Camino. She's like, okay, I have to stay here. Buen um, <laughs> Camino. So yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, she just. Share the specifics of what she said about, like, the Bible and stuff. Yeah, so, well, so she, we've had this game that we played every night with them um, called the Solarium that basically, like, 
helped them kind of share and process what they were learning on um, just their whole journey. And we were kind of at a cool point of almost being at the end of their journey. So we got to just hear basically like what they, um, what they had learned just on this journey and the game, like you basically um, pick a card from like all these cards, just showing different scenes and emotions and, um, the first question we asked was like, what, um, how you felt or what your life felt like before the Camino. And then they'd pick a card and go around and explain it. And, um, hers was that she felt like it was like a rope. Um, and she explained that she felt like entangled, um, in her life and just stuck. And, um, and then the next round was how you feel now, like at towards the very end of your Camino and, um, she picked a card that was all dark and it was just like a small candlelight. Um, and she shared that she felt, um, just a light and that she was excited to share it. Um, and she felt hope and that was kind of all she left it at that night. And then she like passed, like just kind of prodded the next person. Like she didn't want to talk more about it. Um, and I remember seeing that and like wanting to talk to her more, but we just didn't get the chance that night. Um, so that was like what kind of led me to talk to her in the morning and just ask her about that. And, um, yeah, so she, she shared that with me and how she felt led there and she felt like we were family and, um, she just was so thankful to have just been able to meet us and that we like gave her like English words to um, describe what she had been feeling and experiencing like her whole Camino, um, just that she was being led by a spirit, um, <laughs> the spirit. And she, yeah, I think just like, it was just really cool to hear her own words, like scripture that she didn't even know she was like quoting basically, like that she felt um, excited to share just now what she knows is like the Holy Spirit. Um, and she just feels like it's this like light inside of her that she was just like excited and wanting to share with others, but didn't have the words. And now she does. And now, like, I could just see it in her eyes and the joy and tears. And like, it was the Holy Spirit in her. And it was just really cool. Um, and I just felt like so like, like I had no part in it really except to just hear it and like share it with my team. But I was just, uh, just so like thankful. Um, and yeah. The what? Oh yeah. Well, and then we like a couple days later, um, we, I think that was like towards the end of our week, but, um, we like got to run into her at the cathedral, like, the yeah at the very end um just happened to be there on the same night um nothing's coincidence but it was just and she was with a friend and she like saw us and she just was like these are the people I was talking about like like you could just see the impact um and I took some notes because I knew I was gonna forget things um but just to like go back to that verse um it was just really cool to like, like I said earlier, just hear like in her own words, how she basically just 
described how we were able to fulfill that um, and just the deep impact that it made on her in just one night. Um, and yeah, how like that. Um, so yeah, just like share, uh, cheerfully sharing your home with those who need a meal and place to stay um, and how God has given like a gift to each of us. And there's nothing like we could have like done or um, like we had no idea what we were doing was going to impact people deeply, but we just kind of showed up with our different, I don't know, just different um, ways that he's made us to be and in his doing his timing, his sovereignty, like we just got to really partner with him in a cool way and just love people. And it was somehow really impactful and yeah like Sam was saying like she was just one of so many stories that we could share of people like literally like struggling to leave in the morning because they just felt like the Holy Spirit there um just in how yeah I don't know just us like loving them and making them food and listening to them and um yeah it was just really cool to see like how quickly um, Jesus can just change people's hearts and make them feel loved and it's just us simply I don't know just saying yes I feel like I'm rambling now but yeah <laughs> sorry and there's more stories they'd love to tell you and pictures and stuff. Um, okay, last last team. You guys, you guys doing okay? It's good stuff. Really, just listen for the hand of God in it. It's fun because this is us doing stuff. So the Asia team is here. Where's Tanner? Tanner, David. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ali, come on. All right. Hi, my name is Tanner. This is really weird hearing my voice secondary through a mic. Um, yeah, so this is a combination of local believers. I think there's only a few and three, technically four long-term teams um, from Antioch that we have, from a few different Antiochs that we've sent over to Indonesia and they live in a specific island that is heavily um, Islamic focused. And so our goal was going there and supporting them in any way we can. And also being a huge refreshment to the two, to two of the teams. So there's three families and each family has four kids. And then there's a single girl. <laughs> um, Ali stayed with the single girl named Rachel and then we literally stayed with and switched off between all three families. So that was really sweet. Um, but two of the families, one of the families wasn't even there for a year. And then one, I think, was there for like six months. Yeah. And so it, we were like the first Americans that they got to see, I think, overseas. Like after moving there, which is pretty big, a pretty big deal. And... So we got to be a huge refreshment, encourage them, and be with their families and their kids who are trying to adjust to an entirely different world. 
and um, let me think. And we got to work with the local believers too. Um, it's called the House of Revival, but this is a group of fiery believers that they are involved with, and they're honestly going to be bringing like revival to a lot of Indonesia. So that's really sweet. I've seen them work through like like their like visions and dreams for using like business and how they're literally doing that right now to like move the gospel to like the most remote and like Muslim areas throughout the northern part of the island, which is like incredible and so sick. Um, but yeah, I wanted them to share some quick stories of how we were able to do that and even work with the local believers in doing that. All right. <laughs> uh, can you guys hear me okay like this? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, I got to stay with Rachel, who is leading Unbound in Lampung. So, yeah, <laughs> love Rachel. <laughs> so um, that was a really cool opportunity. Um, she just recently, within, I don't know, last year maybe, relocated to Lampung from Jakarta. And so she's, um, like, uh, having meetings. I thought it was really cool just to kind of get insight into what that looks like there. Um, like she has meetings with government people all the time of like, um, how can we pass laws to change trafficking? Like how can we, like she's making all these different connections like on a legislative level. Um, so that was kind of cool to see. Um, and yeah, I don't know for me, um, I feel like the trip there, we were there for two weeks, um, about, um, the trip was more, um, like the Lord did a lot inside of me more internally than anything else. And I think, um, well, maybe not more than anything else, but for me. <laughs> um, but the three the three families that were there, I think because I was the only girl that traveled with us, like um, the moms all like really like um, invested in me quite a bit. And so that was um, really, really sweet opportunity for me. I got to like shadow one of the moms all day, help her homeschool her kids, like um, go with her daughter to ballet, like um, just kind of see like what is a day in the life for each of these families and all three of them, um, approached mission life very differently, um, very different styles of living, very different strategies. And so um, for me, I was just really thankful for the opportunity to see um, three different ways to be like a family overseas. Like what could that look like? And um, felt really challenged by the Lord as someone who wants to do missions. Like um, what am I willing to give up? What kind of um, lifestyle am I willing to to pursue and like had different models of that in front of me. So, um, I really, um, valued that quite a bit and was really moved by that. And yeah, the families told us that they were really blessed and encouraged, got more wind in their sails by seeing some more Americans. And, um, and it was really fun to play with all their kids, babysat them a few times, um, got a little emotional looking at that picture. I missed them. Um, and yeah, I don't know. And I mean, the, couple um, opportunities we got to work with the local believers um, for like outreach purposes and prayer um, I was kind of like oh man like I don't know if we really made any difference there you know like the um, outreach group that I went on one night um, the guy who was leaning what's his name uh, William um, like we uh, I thought he was like we're gonna go to a park and pray for people I'm like great and then he takes me to a store he's like this is where you buy things for your house we walked around and we're like doing furniture shopping. I was like, this isn't really what I envisioned. <laughs> and um, I don't know, we've been doing on this whole adventure for like shopping and he fed me a lot. And I'm like, we're not really doing outreach. 
<laughs> but then uh, we had like one opportunity that night to pray for people, um, me and a couple of the girls, and he just saw it. He didn't really participate. But I found out um, that later that week at um, their, they call them Bubbles Life Group, um, at their bubble, he had shared that that night was actually really influential for him and that he had never like done outreach before and that just seeing us pray for people actually really marked him as someone of a new believer. And I was like, whoa, and like, was like, God, I'm sorry for my lack of faith, right? Thought wasn't really making a difference there. And here God was using that um, to really mark someone's life. And who knows where God will take that. You know, as people are saying, like, we we sow and God does the increase. And so, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, well, I don't know what to say. Like, they said everything. It, it was such, it was... <laughs> It was such a blast, such a blessing, um, even to me, just to be overseas. It was such a blessing just to be over there, just having quality time. And and I was, I'll say just just getting to know Tanner on a personal level was was really good, especially our um, morning coffee shops. It was it was it was re- really fun, um, and and just getting to just. Just getting to see a different side of um, the world is was was really sweet and and just 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 God just tugging my heart and and just having a having a heart for for the Indonesian people and and just 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 having a, a blast it was it was cool. Amen. Hey, that's good stuff, huh? Okay, um, you know, I had flashbacks of it when I was a kid. My first memory being at church, and um, and the missionary was coming into town, and they had back then with slides. You guys, slides. Where's CJ? CJ like the old school. He's not here. So it was like this. It was this round thing. What's that? Oh, there you are. Don't, the photo thing. Do you do? Does it like turn out with little slides or no? Yeah. Okay. So they had this like circular thing. And it put light through these slides and all these pictures, like terrible pictures of their missionary life. It's gray and a bad shot, you know. And I'm sitting as a kid and they're telling all these stories at church. And I was like, so boring. And and the fan to keep it cool is like, and then he's like, do you you guys, does anyone know? Have you ever seen those machines? Those are crazy. So anyway, so I'm like, that was awesome. That was so much better than my first experience. Um, you guys, even the Mexico team had a drone shots. Like that, did y'all see that? That was amazing. Yeah, so good. Um, anyways, good stuff. And, and you, if you know them, they would love to tell you more because these are the, the times when we step out of our world in faith and we raise money and we pray and we go. Our lives are changed one way or the other. And, and, and we lived overseas 14 years, but even just a short-term trip, it feels good when someone goes, hey, tell me more. Show me pictures. What did God do inside of you? Who'd you meet that was amazing? What smells did you see? Just like, so that's a way you can love each other is just dig a little deeper. So, okay, we're going we're gonna to take, um, Drew, can you give me eight minutes? We're almost done. You guys ready? I, a year ago when I was praying about Abide, I felt like God said, every time you meet, make sure to do a couple things. So I don't want to end our night without being really clear. As we talk about Jesus, I just want to be make sure we all are, understand. Romans is pretty clear. It says all, all of all sin and fall short of the glory of God. 
and that God gives an opportunity by giving us Jesus, and that Jesus is the one that makes a way to break the power of sin and death in our lives. And for all of us in here, maybe you're new to Abide or you're new to church or you've been around a long time, but I just want to make sure that if you don't know this Jesus we're talking about or we're singing about, if you're like, ah, he's far off. I don't think I know him. Please don't leave here tonight without talking with someone who, who brought you and just say, hey, would, I, I got to know this Jesus. Because he's the one that stretched his arms wide on a cross and then took them down to hug us close and to express the love of God. Okay. Life is also full of a moment of salvation and a whole lot of salvations throughout our life. Theologically, don't, it's okay. Uh, meaning he saves us. He rescues us. <laughs> don't worry. He gave his life to Jesus once. But life is, life is about or the rescuing of Jesus in different moments, whether it's secret sin, whether it's pain in our life. There's just, there is a God in heaven that says, I know your pain and I can heal your pain. So even if tonight you're like, ah, I've, I've chose to follow Jesus, but there's this thing in my life no one knows about, and he just feels so far away because of this thing, whatever that thing is. He also wants to rescue us. And so again, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, um, wrap up in a few minutes, but I just please don't leave without grabbing someone and saying, hey, that right there, that thing, I feel stuck. Would you pray for me, okay? Um, and one more thing, can you put that, verse up. Um, so Bree's going to come, we're just going to have one final song. And I just, these three things, if you don't know Jesus tonight, don't leave without asking him to be your savior. Okay. And it's a simple, it's a simple journey. and It'll change your life forever. Number two is if there's pain in your life, in your body, or there's pain in your past, we all have pain in our past to differing degrees. But if there's unresolved places where I'm like, you like, I need healing anxiety, depression, fear, that kind of thing. He is a rescuer. So as we worship here tonight, just one last song, ask him for help. Grab someone and say, pray for me. I feel stuck. Okay. And the third thing is this one verse. I just felt like God wanted us to, to bring one thing up. Um, so James 1, um, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like the waves of the sea blown t- and tossed by the wind. It just felt like saying there's, there might be some people in here, and I think specifically like theologically, where you just feel blown and tossed around. Like you got some core questions about God or who he is. And sometimes maybe you talk to friends privately about it, but inside maybe there's a little shame, like I can't get this answer resolved in me. Who is he? Why does he do what he does? That kind of thing. And you feel this way, blown and tossed by the wind. And I feel like God wants to bring it up tonight because he actually wants to say sometimes, sometimes, and we've just walked a lot of life to say there's a mystery of God that's okay. He actually doesn't tell us everything. And sometimes all the theological discussions and, and grabbing a hold of things doesn't resolve that deeper heart question because sometimes it's like, God, I don't understand, but I trust you. And so if you feel that way in life, if you're like, oh, blown about, tossed around. I don't, I'd feel unresolved, something deeper inside. And if shame's attached the same way as we, as we just, this last song, Jesus, would you just set me free? Cause you know what happens? The result of those questions, when God doesn't give us answers, we start looking to other things to get the answers met instead of looking to Jesus. And he might sometimes look us in the eye and say, you don't need to know right now. You just have to trust me. 
we might say that. But there's a settling in our hearts that can come, and I know this because it's happened in my life a few years ago where I settle and go, I don't understand, but I so trust you. And you might need that tonight. So if that's you, again, grab someone and pray. If that's you during the song, ask Jesus for help, okay? All right, so why don't we all stand up? <coughs> okay. Um, and again, if, if, there's, if you need physical healing in your body, where's John? John, John. John's over here. He would love to pray for you. And if you want to jump in with him, if there's anything in your life, you're like, I've been prayed for this a thousand times. Let's get one more prayer. There's people in this room that have had been healed by God physically, like life change healing in this room. And it took them saying, uh, God, can I just get in line? I think you might heal me. Can you help me? So if you have something in your body that you're like, I just need this thing fixed. John would love to pray for you. And Ike's over there as well. Just sneak over there and get him to pray for you. Okay. And grab people around. If you've got any of these other things we're talking about, let's respond to him real quick as we wrap up.